You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. We're going to continue this theme, I believe, as the Lord is speaking to us about having victory in the year of 2023. We've talked about, I'm going to see a victory in 2023. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I walk by faith and not by sight, but if I'm going to look at anything, if I'm going to focus my sight on anything, it's going to be on a victory in 2023. Last week, we talked about the victory is the Lord's. He's already established the victory. He's already created the victory. He's already made a way where there seems to be no way. He's the one that has provided the victory. Therefore, I just get to benefit and walk in that victory. And today, I've titled the sermon, Speed Drill. Speed drill. I don't know if you've ever done this. Maybe this is just a church thing. Maybe they did it in Awanakale. Maybe they used to. We called them Bible speed drills when we were in kids' church. What everybody would do when they had Bibles, I guess they can't, it's much easier with phones. But we would all sit in kids' church and we'd hold our Bibles like this. You put your hands on the Bible, both sides. And then the teacher would give you a verse, John 3.16 or whatever. And they'd say, one, two, three, go. And it was a speed drill. First one, you'd open, turn, 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 hurry, 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 hurry. And then you'd stand up and you'd read it. For God so loved the world. Now, if you already knew it, you could kind of cheat. But I guess you're in church, so you didn't want to die. But the speed drill. How quick could you get to the scripture? How quick could you get to that passage? But you didn't. Some of the kids had rougher times getting there because they didn't know where Lamentations was. They didn't know where James was. They didn't even know where Genesis was. But I grew up in church, and I was homeschooled, and we had a Bible class. And then on Wednesday nights, we went to Awana where we learned the Bible. So, I mean, I don't want to lie to you. I was pretty good at it. Speed drill. But it took a lot of practice. It took a lot of time of opening the book and, and looking where the books are. The same is true in each and every one of our lives, that we need to be practicing the speed drill of how quick can we get to the Bible? How can I get a victory if I don't know where the victorious scriptures are in the Bible? I need to be quick and ready to get a hold of the Bible. The victory is God's. Since he already has written the word for each of us to experience and read. If you want to see a victory in 2023, then you need to get in the Word. It says in the Bible, it will illuminate and direct your path. We're going to jump into a a story in Matthew chapter 22. There's two different kind of encounters that happens. There's the Pharisees that show up beforehand, and you can read it previously to this passage right here. The Pharisees show up, and they try and trick Jesus when they ask him about taxes, Should we pay Caesar's taxes? Now, this is all the scriptures that we, as Americans, are probably with bated breath waiting to hear what Jesus says. Don't pay taxes. Start a revolution. Burn it all down. That's what we wanted Jesus to say. But he tells the Pharisees, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and render to the Lord's what is the Lord's. And the Pharisees didn't like that. And me, right now in 2023, I don't like that. As we're getting close to April 15th. And then the Sadducees showed up. 
There's different type of religious sects. There's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They have kind of different beliefs. And the Pharisees, they tried to trick Jesus. They left. They were mad. They didn't win. So the Sadducees showed up. And the Sadducees don't believe, or they didn't believe, in the resurrection. says it throughout the scriptures. Specifically, they don't believe in the resurrection. And they try and trick Jesus by asking him this weird, kind of disgusting story. He says, there is this man who is married to this woman, and the man dies. But he has seven other brothers. And as custom in the time of the Israelites back then the woman would marry back into the family so that they could provide for her. And it says that she ends up marrying all seven of the other brothers, and they all die one after another, and the next brother marries her, and then he dies, and the next... And I said, well, time out. Is this like a black widow situation? How is she outliving these eight men? And then the Sadducees say, and they ask Jesus... They kind of say this weird phrase, it says in the New King James, they all had her and they all died. Who would she be married to in the resurrection? That's really important. If I was Jesus, I'd say, oh, there's so much stuff going on in the world. And what you want to know is a hypothetical question about this random woman and these eight brothers. And he answers with this scripture right here. Matthew 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken. Another word, and we'll see more what that word means, but another translation says, You are deceived, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. And if you keep reading that passage, he goes on this thing talking about how in the resurrection there is no marriage and how we're similar to angels, and all these, this big thing that he says. But he says, guess what? God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. And he ticked off the Pharisees, and he ticked off the Sadducees as they both left astounded at what he said. But this scripture stuck out to me. Jesus answered and said, you are mistaken, or you are deceived. How are you mistaken? Why are you deceived? Because you don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. Those Sadducees need to do a speed drill. See, at the time, the Bible was not written then. Jesus wasn't carrying around a big King James Bible. I hate to burst your bubble, but Jesus didn't have a Bible at the time. Now, the Old Testament, in its, it wasn't completely formed together, but it had been written. In these, remember, Jesus reads the scroll of Isaiah and of Joel the Pentateuch has been written. That's what is Moses wrote with the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Dalton just got done reading all those, had a blast, enjoyed, enjoyed those. And the Pharisees, it was their job and their duty that they would learn and memorize the first five books of the Bible or the Pentateuch. We can't even usually remember or say one scripture from one of those books. I can maybe do Genesis 1. Jesus said, let there be light, and there was light. I already got it wrong because it wasn't Jesus. It was God who said, let there be light, and there was light. And he says, you don't know the scriptures nor the power of it. And because of that, you're mistaken. That word, mistaken, in the original text means to roam from safety. It means to roam from truth or virtue. 
Another part of the definition of mistaken means to go astray, means to be deceived, means to wander. It also means to be out of the way. I thought it was interesting that at certain points in John, Jesus makes the declaration, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man makes it to the Father except through me. And the definition of mistaken means to roam from the truth. Another definition means to be out of the way. So the opposite is true. The more I know the Scripture, the more I study the Scripture, the more I'm going to have victory in my life. The closer I am to the truth, the closer I am to the way, the closer I am to not being deceived. Says Jesus says, you'll know the truth, and it's the knowing of the truth that will set you free. You're mistaken, not knowing. That word, know in the original text, is a past tense verb. Doesn't mean actively doing it. Doesn't mean future. I will, I will know the scriptures. Doesn't mean I'm studying the scriptures. It, it's a past tense. I've been studying. I've been knowing the scriptures. To see, to know, to be aware, to understand, to have knowledge of. Jesus says, you are deceived. You have been taken out of the way. You are mistaken. You aren't on the right path because you haven't known the scriptures. The reason you're not seeing the victory is because you haven't known the scriptures and known the power of God. But that's not us. That's the empty chairs. Those people, they don't know. We know. But because I know the scriptures, let's reverse it. If the, if the negative side of this scripture is true as Jesus is presenting it, then the positive side of the scripture is also true. If I do know the scriptures, if I do know the power of God, then I won't be mistaken. Then I won't be deceived. Then I won't be out of the way. I'll be on the right path. Let's bring some righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit into the conversation. How am I going to see a victory in 2023, it's getting in the book and finding out the power of God in his book. I'm going to help you today have victory in three areas. Number one, victory in your conversations. Uh-oh. Number two, victory in loving God. And number three, victory in your prayer life. Victory in your conversations, victory in loving God, and victory in your prayer life. Let's talk about victory in your conversations. Conversations is something that we have as humans all the time. We have conversations at home with our family. We have conversations with our pets. If we're honest, we have conversations with ourselves in the car, in the shower, in the mirror. Nobody else is at home. We have conversations with our neighbors. We have conversations with our coworkers. Afterwards, when we go to the restaurants, we go pick up food at one of the restaurants or grocery stores here. We have conversations with people. We're always on our phone. My wife on her phone having a conversation. Text messaging people, emailing people. We're always having conversations. 
And chances are, you're kind of two people. We know how to have the conversation with people, or we're the ones that know how to have a conversation. You, you always know the right answer to tell somebody. As soon as somebody starts talking, you are already ready to tell them what they're doing wrong, how they're failing, how much of an embarrassment they are, or there are people that are having those conversations with you. But we want to have victory in our conversations in 2023. And how do we have victory in our conversations is by knowing the Word of God. In Acts chapter 10, verses 43, 44, and 45, maybe I have 46, hopefully I have 46 in there. It's a story that we've talked about frequently. It's the first Gentile conversion where Peter has been called to go to Cornelius' house and preach to this Gentile family. An angel shows up and tells Peter to go to Joppa to meet this guy, and he's going to tell them and all this stuff. Now, he's had a conversation. He's preached a message in Acts chapter 2. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. He stands up in front of all of these people in Jerusalem, and he preaches a sermon, and he gets three, and he, through his sermon, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he gets 3,000 people saved. Now he is called to go speak to a Gentile family, and if it's me, and I just have this successful sermon that got 3,000 people saved, I'm going to pull those notes out, and I'm going to go to this house, and I'm going to preach the same exact thing. And the thing that he preached was repent, and you'll be saved. But that's not what he preaches to the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, verse 43, this is him preaching to him, talking about Jesus, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. And look at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who what? Heard the word. They were having a conversation and he spoke something that he felt the Holy Spirit inspired him to say, and the Holy Spirit showed up and changed the atmosphere and changed the conversation and changed the trajectory of that family in that city forever by simply saying the words of God. Look at verse 45. And those of the circumcision, his friends that Peter had brought, who believed, look at this, were astonished. Now, there are chances that the conversations that you have been having recently have caused people to be astonished, but it probably wasn't in a good way. I can't believe you said that. can't believe you text that. can't believe you told me that. How dare you? The conversations can leave people astonished, but it can leave people astonished in a good way if you use the Word of God. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Praise God. Because that means we got brought in. And that's why we're having church today. Do I have verse 46 up there? I don't think so. Okay. That's on me. Verse 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. While Peter was still speaking words, Peter opened his mouth, was having a conversation with people that he shouldn't have been having conversations with. He was a Jew. He should not have been with the Gentiles. He shouldn't have been in their house. He shouldn't have been eating with them. They eat that stinky thing called bacon. And sometimes they wrap that bacon around something called shrimp. And that little 
Jewish boy that's been a fisherman all those years got a little taste on his tongue of that bacon grease, and it forever changed him. And then Paul showed up, and he said, I'll go to the Gentiles. Peter, you stay back. I'll go. And he's having this conversation with people that he wouldn't normally conversate with. And he starts speaking the word of God to them. And it changed their lives. And it changed the conversation. And it changed their household. Now, one chapter later, Peter is retelling the story of what just happened in Acts chapter 11, verses 12 through 16. This is Peter retelling the story of what just happened in Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 9. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren, remember the ones that were astonished, astonished, accompanied me, and we entered the man, Cornelius' house. Verse 13 says, and he told us how he had seen, Cornelius had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Verse 14, this is what the angel told Cornelius of what Peter was going to do, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. A simple conversation, and not just a conversation of you're a sinner, you're no good, you need to go to church, what have you been doing, I saw you at the bar, not that type of conversation. The angel said, he's going to tell you words that are going to save you, and not only save you, but your whole household. Those are some pretty important words. Look at verse 15. And Peter just showed up and said, I'm going to be obedient. And as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning in Acts chapter 2. And then verse 16. Look at this, then I remembered, remember that word in Matthew, knowing is a past tense verb, then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I remembered, because Peter had been doing some speed drills, he'd been listening to the word beforehand, he knew what, what, what the, the scriptures had said beforehand. He'd been studying, he'd been preparing, he'd been doing all these things. So when he stood in front of people he shouldn't have been around, people that were different than him, people that had different lifestyles, people that had different beliefs, people didn't know who Jesus was, he didn't freak out. He said, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. He said, I remembered the words of the Lord, and when I started speaking and having a conversation with him, the Holy Spirit fell. And the words that he spoke not only saved Cornelius, but his whole household. You want to have victory in your conversations and you need to get in the word because the Holy Spirit will help you in your conversations. He'll drop scriptures that you can share with people because there are lifestyles. There are people that you will encounter that have lifestyles that you've never lived. They've dealt with things that you've never dealt with, good, bad, and ugly. As a pastor, I have conversations with people about things that I've never experienced before. and Sometimes I don't know how to answer them. As a man, as Jeremiah, I've never experienced that before. Best believe that I am praying in the Spirit behind the scenes. Holy Spirit, this conversation is crazy right now. I can't believe what she is telling me. I can't believe what he is admitting to. And I need words to help save them from this situation. And more often than not, it is not my words that I tell them. It is the Word of God that I tell them. 
because that is what frees them. That is what helps them. That is what washes them and cleanses them. Scientists have come to the agreement and the conclusion that we all have to drink something in our lives. If we don't, in over a three-day period, chances are we'll die. You cannot live without drinking for more than three days. Now, we, as Americans, we get the overabundance of choices on what to drink. We can go to Shumpers, we can go to IGA, we can go, and we can go up and down the drink aisles. We get to choose here in America. Let's just be thankful that we get to choose what we get to drink. There are people today in other countries that are walking miles and miles just to get a bucket full of clean water to drink. There are people somehow here in America that don't even have clean water. Hopefully our pipes are a little bit cleaner. They're not always the cleanest here, but but we get to choose what we want to drink. We get to choose if we want to drink healthy. As your pastor today, I want to encourage you and leave you with this one thing in your heart. If you leave with nothing else, drink more water. You're not drinking enough. I'm not drinking enough. Drink more water. We get to choose the healthy things. I can drink more water. Depending on what year it is, coffee is good for you, it's bad for you. Drinking that dirty bean water, drink more teas, drink that dirty leaf water. But we also have the choice to drink bad stuff. I can go right now and buy a two liter, do they still make three liters? Of Coke and down that thing right here right now. Sodas. Diet sodas, energy drinks. I don't want to step on your toes too hard today, but even alcohol, we should not be over drinking these unhealthy things that we get to choose. Am I going to drink something healthy today? Am I going to choose to drink something unhealthy today? And every day you have the same choice. Am I going to choose today to have healthy conversations? Or am I going to choose today to burn it all down? And have high sugar, energy drink, alcohol-fueled conversations today. I'm going to burn it down. As soon as my wife says something, I'm going to blow it up. How dare you say that to me? That's not who I am. When I get to work and my boss tells me to do something, am I going to blow it up? As soon as he tells me to do something, I'm going to go to my favorite friend in the office. I can't believe what my boss did. I hate my boss. My boss has no idea how much work I do. Are we going to walk by the person in the restaurant or the grocery store when the Holy Spirit says, hey, tell them that God loves them. Encourage them today. Smile at them. You can have victory in your conversations. You can make a choice today. In 2023, I'm going to have good conversations yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't be the one that changes the other person in this conversation. Sometimes we have family members that don't always talk to us the best, or coworkers or whoever. I can't change how they're going to talk to me, but I can choose today to have victory in my conversations by getting in the Word of God and speaking the Word over them and their conversation. Victory in your conversations. 
victory in loving God. You want to love God more this year? I do. I believe that people do want to love God more. They just don't know how. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 is a scripture that we've probably all heard many, many times. Jesus actually quotes this scripture in the New Testament. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now that's good. I agree. But man, that's a lot of pressure for me. I, I don't know how to do that on my own, if I'm being honest. As your pastor, hopefully I can get in your shoes as well and be honest. That's very high. That's like an A+. Plus. And I was smart a little bit as a kid, but I was around B, A-. minus To get all the way up, I'll love the Lord God with all my heart. I want to do that. With all my soul, I want to do that. With all my strength, what am I supposed to do? Take the Bible, do push-ups with it? Oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. It's not working. God, I love you. I just want to love you so hard. Strength. I'm just trying to get muscles, but I'm so tiny, God. I don't have any muscles, God. How am I going to love you with all my strength? Let me help you. Look at verse 6. And these words... Oh, okay. And these words which I command you today, where will they be? In your heart. And when they're in your heart, that's what helps you love with your heart. I can't do it all on my own. That's why God sent his son, because he knew we couldn't do it on our own. So he was going to make a way to help us. So how can I have victory in loving God more is by getting his words in my heart. And it says that if I have them in my heart, I won't sin against them. If I'm not sinning against them, then that means that I'm loving them. Look at verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. The word of God, this is what you should be doing. This is how it gets in your heart, teaching your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. What are the conversations that you're having in your house? When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, verse 8, you shall bind them on a sign to your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. In verse 9, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. How do you fall more in love with God? Is you read his love letters. I've got all these cards that uh, I've given to my wife over the years, and I'd like to say, I'm going to shame her right now, um, that she has them on her by her bed, and, and I wish that she would read them every night because they have wonderful little love notes in them, little poems, little raps, little freestyles of roses is red and boudin is brown. You're the coolest girl in Williston town. I mean, just simple things that melt her heart. That was a new one, though. <laughs> that was a brand new one. So, I would like to say that she would have all of those, and, and sometimes we'll open a drawer, and it'll be stuck, and we're trying to open the drawer to figure it out, and it's one of my cards that are just bent in half. I'm like, oh, look at this. Do you know how expensive cards are? Like $15, it feels like, if you want to get a real nice one. Those things are crazy expensive, and she just shoves them in the corner. Same is true in our lives. How do we know how much God loves us if we're not reading his love letters that he wrote to us? In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, 
Paul is writing, he says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out, where? In our hearts. How? By me working out, God, I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you. Did that work? Are you proud of me, God? Do you love me now, God? I love you so much. I love you more than him, and I love you more than her. No, no, no. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Look at how much God did to get his love inside of you so that you could pour your love outside to him. He didn't say he got a droplet. He said, well, I know what you have done. I'm God, so I know what you're going to do. I'm not going to give you all the love. Here's a quarter cup of love. Oh, I really like this person. I'm going to give them a full cup of love. No, no, no. It says he pours it because God is an abundant God. He's not measuring it. He's just pouring it on us in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now let's talk about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus is speaking about what the Holy Spirit is going to do when he shows up. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is what he's going to do. He will teach you all things. God, I want to love you more. I want to have victory in loving you more this year. But the Holy Spirit has already been poured inside your heart to help you and teach you and show you how to love him more in 2023. And bring to your, look at that word again, remembrance, a past tense, knowing all things that I've said to you. How am I going to remember if I'm not reading his love letter, if I'm not doing speed drills and getting in his word for the Holy Spirit to remind me then do you remember God said this in John? Do you remember when you were going through this and the scriptures in Joel became real to you? When you read this Psalms and it became more real to you than ever? When you were dealing with sickness and the Holy Spirit brought this in 1 Peter to you? It's a past tense knowing. I'm not going to fall off. I'm not going to be deceived if I'm knowing the scriptures and knowing the power of God. You want to love God more in 2023, you want to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Realize that as you put the word of God inside of your heart, the love of God will start manifesting. And you'll start loving him more. You'll start sinning less. You'll, you'll have left desires to sin. You'll struggle less. And you'll find yourself loving him more. Let's finish up. Victory in your prayer life. You want to have victory in your prayer life. John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking in verse 7 and 8. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it might be done for you if I feel like it. Maybe it'll be done if I deem you worthy enough. Jesus says, you know what, I'll get around to it. If you ask what you desire... It shall be done for you. Look at verse 8. By this. What's by this? Abiding in Jesus. Asking Jesus. Conversating with Jesus. By this my Father is glorified. You want to love God more? It says he's glorified when you abide in his Son. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh. And then you see, Jesus said, I got to go, and then the Word became paper. And we read it and received it, and it washes us and cleanses us. 
By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. He's glorified when you bear much fruit. Psalms 37 verses 4 and 5 says almost the same thing. Delight yourself also in the Lord. As we abide in him, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Us religious people get into this fight right here. Well, I know people, they have bad desires. God's going to meet those desires? What if, what if the desires are too crazy? Well, apparently to God, he doesn't really put a caveat on it except delight in him, except abide in him. And the more that you abide in him, the more that you delight yourself in him, the more that you have conversations with him, the more you get into his word, your desires are his desires. And his desires are your desires. And it's a change right there where God says, yes, I'll give it to you. Because I know that his desire is that I'm healed. I know that his desires is that I am saved. I know that his desires is that I prosper. I know that his desires is that there are miracles, signs, and wonders that follow me. I know that his desire is for me to be in the house of God. I know that his desire is to talk to me. I know that his desire is to have dreams and visions come through me. I know those are his desires and those are the desires that I want to experience. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Look at verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And look at this. And he shall bring it to pass. He'll bring it to pass. It's not a pie in the sky, fingers crossed, hopefully God answers my prayer. He'll bring it to pass. And then Jesus confirms this. This is written by David back in Psalms. And Jesus confirms this as he talks about it in John. And he says, you abide in me and I abide in you. You abide in me and you abide in my word. If you ask anything, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And by this, my God and my Father is glory. God receives the glory when you abide in the word. God receives the glory when you're in his word. God receives the glory when you ask for what you see in his word. And God receives the glory when you bear fruit. You know what bearing fruit is? It's an answer to prayer. It's an answer to prayer. God, I have hate in my heart. I want your love to show up. God, I have needs in my life. I need you to show up. God, I, I, I don't know how to do this. I need you to provide a way. And he shows up bearing fruit, whether you like it or not, we're all bearing fruit. My wife, since we've started this year, has been asking and encouraging uh, for us to start working out together in the morning. And I said, babe, I'm already ripped enough. I <laughs> calm down. Y'all's laughs are hurtful. Um, <laughs> thought we were having healthy conversations this year. She's been asking me, hey, let's work out, let's work out. And I think we'll start tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but we're always bearing fruit. If I decide to work out, then I'm going to bear fruit of maybe a little more muscle gain and definition. But if I decide not to work out, I'm still bearing fruit. It's just a more pudgy fruit. 
if I'm in the word, then I'm bearing fruit based on the word. But let it be known, you are still bearing fruit, and it's probably not good fruit if you're not in the word. If you want to avoid fear, if you want to avoid worry, then you probably shouldn't be indulging in horror movies. Because the fruit that you're going to bear is more fear. But it says perfect love cast out all fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So if in the word, and I'm trying to bear fruit of no fear and no worry and no anxiety, then I need to be planting seeds in my life that help me bear those fruit in 2023. If you want to see your prayer life and have victory in your prayer life, if you abide in me and you abide in the words that God has given us, you can ask anything. And it says, it shall be done. A guarantee answer to your prayer. And then verse 8 says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Depending on what church you've been in, churches have made a big deal about discipleship, haven't they? And usually it's this 20-step process. It's this intense thing. Jesus didn't have this classroom where he's teaching and encouraging his disciples. He's just living life. Here, come walk with me. And I'll show you how to calm the storm. I'll show you how to raise the dead. I'll show you how to make multiplication and abundance happen where there was none. I'll show you how to bring life where there was death. Just come walk with me. But we as the church have made this rigorous, strict thing of being disciples. You've got to, it's a boot camp of Christianity. And you've got to step, high step. And you've got to do this and push-ups and this and that and that. In classes, be a disciple. And you've got to go out and you've got to make disciples. Knock on the doors. <laughs> Discipleship has been taught so many ways in the modern church, but Jesus says in here, you'll be my disciple if you abide in me, if you abide in my word, if you just pray and ask and you bear fruit. I could probably do that in 2023. I can spend time with Jesus. I can spend time with Jesus and read his word at the same time. I can spend time with Jesus and read his word and pray and ask at the same time. And then after I spend time with Jesus and after I pray and read his word at the same time, then I'll see the answer to my prayer and I'll start bearing fruit. And it says there that God is glorified. And I don't have to go through all that rigmarole of what religion has said to be a disciple he just says you'll be my disciple just by spending time with him i instantly get the discipleship award congratulations you want victory in 2023 read study memorize the word of god i wish it could be a deeper stronger crazier revelation but if you want to have victory in 2023 in anything in life, specifically in your conversations, in your love for God, in your prayer life, read his word, and the rest will be solved. Amen. Let's stand up as we get ready to head out today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus to this earth. We thank you for providing a book that we can read. We don't have to go somewhere and find the scrolls. We don't have to go to a cave or the top of a mountain to read or receive some type of revelation. 
We can go into our house where we all probably have 20 to 1,000 different Bibles and pick one up tomorrow morning before we go to work, pick one up on our phone as we're at lunch, and just read a chapter of your word. Just read one little love letter that you sent to us. Father, we choose in 2023 to have healthy conversations Now, other people might try and have negative, hurtful conversations with me, but in 2023, I'm going to have healthy conversations. I'm going to have victory in my conversations. I'm going to speak life in my conversations with people. Father, I'm going to fall in love with you more. I'm going to have victory in my love life with you, God, in 2023. I'm going to fall in love with you more, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. By simply having the Holy Spirit remind me of the beautiful words that you've spoken to me all my life. And Father, I'm going to have victory in my prayer life. I'm going to see you answer some prayers in 2023. Some things that I've been praying for and standing on for years and years and decades and decades. In 2023, I'm going to see the victory of those prayers that I've been praying. Because I'm just going to simply choose to be your disciple and abide with you. Spend time with you enjoy you, and just ask. Because my desire is your desire, and your desires are my desires. And the closer we get together, the desires align. And I want to see my family healed. I want to see my family saved. I want to see my family restored. I want to see my finances restored. I want to see my mind restored. I want to see my emotions restored. I want to see my marriage restored. I want to see... My prayer life, my love life for you, Father, and my conversations restored in 2023. Now, Father, bless these people. I pray the word of God over them today, that they are blessed and highly favored. Everything they put their hands to prospers, because right now they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city. They're blessed in the field. The favor of God surrounds them like a shield. Father, I thank you that their body is the temple of the Most High God. Father, you took stripes on your back, on your body, so that our body could be put back together. Our body could be healed. And I release healing over their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I release healing over their mind right now. They have the mind of Christ. They are renewing their mind by the washing and renewing of the word of God. Father, I thank you that each and every person here has miracle signs and wonders following them. Surely goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life. Father, everywhere we go, we will help make disciples by teaching them about following our Savior Jesus. Father, I thank you that we are the salt and light of the earth. Everywhere we go, it says in the scriptures, we diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every room, in every conversation, in every situation. Father, I thank you that we are world changers because greater are you that's in us than anything that can come against us in the world. Now, Father, bless these people, protect these people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week and bring them back safely next week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see y'all next week. Y'all be safe in the rain. God bless. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.